Okay, so today's daf is Nun Aleph. We actually progressed pretty far, so we already got um, all the way to uh, to Nun Aleph Amud Bet. That's okay, we're running a little bit ahead, and that's always better than being behind. So we're at the Mishnah. Hayam Alech Beichal, Ad Shemagiel Ben Shtei HaParochet, or Parochot, HaMavdilot Ben HaKodesh, or Ben Kodesh HaKodeshim. So when he would walk, Kohen Gadol would come, to the uh, to approach the Kodesh Kodeshim, he's going to enter there with the Ketoret, and the thing is that he there are two curtains, so he has to go between the two curtains. He has to go around. We're going to see exactly how that worked in order to get to the Kodesh Kodeshim. There's an Amma in between, uh, so there's like a foot and a half in between the two um, curtains. So he goes in one and he comes out the other. It's going to say that he basically goes from the south side and then from the north. Uh, to curve around the curtains to get into the Kodesh Kodeshim itself, um, and uh, and Rabbi Yossi Omer Lo Aita Shab Ela Porchet Achad Bilvad. According to Rabbi Yossi, there was only one curtain. There were not two curtains. Shneimar Vividila Porchet Lachem Men Akodesh Ben Kodesh Kodeshim. Because if you read the Torah and it talks about the Mishkan, there's only one curtain. Uh, in the but they're saying in the Mishnah there were two curtains. So the Gemara is going to explain exactly why that was. Shapir Kamalu Rabbiosi Rabbanan. The Rabbiosi is right in what he's saying to the rabbis. The pasuk says there's only one curtain. So where do we get two curtains? Rabbanan Amrilach. The rabbis will tell you. Anim Mishkan. That's only in the Mishkan. But Mikdash Sheni in the second bet of Mikdash Kevan de la Havai Amatraksin or Mikdash Rishonu the Havai. The thing was that in the first Beit HaMikdash, here's one of the things that happened in the evolution of the Beit HaMikdash, so to speak. In the Mishkan, there was a single curtain that separated the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKodeshim. In the Beit HaMikdash of Shlomo Melech, there was actually a, a partition, a physical like wall there that was an amathic. And since they didn't have that in the second Beit HaMikdash, because the second Beit HaMikdash was taller, so they couldn't make a wall that was only an amathic, that was as mm-hmm. tall. Water. 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 There's an opening. There's a but, but there's a wall there's a wall but there's an opening in between to go through so yeah so there, there's a door right so in the uh, um, in the uh, first bit of Mikdash they had a door meaning they had a wall and an op- and a door that you walked that he walked through and opened when he would walk through kind of I guess it's like one of those doors that you push open right yeah not right and in the so instead it would be on this uh, on this partition right. So uh, in the they had this partition, and then in the second Beit Hamikdash, it was taller than the first Beit Hamikdash. It was built taller, so such a thin wall wouldn't wouldn't work. It would be too tall. So they instead put curtains again, but they didn't know whether that Amma space had the kedusha of the of the Kodesh Kodeshim or of the Kodesh, because originally it was occupied by a wall before. So that was the issue. Whether we should treat it as inside or outside. They didn't know. So that's why they made two uh, curtains. So the middle space is a doubtful space. We don't know what the exact status, if it's considered Kodesh or Kodesh HaKodeshim. So, um, no, when he's standing in the Kodesh, he sprinkles on the curtain that's facing him. So there, in other words, there's two curtains. So if you're standing in the coast, you only see one of them. You don't see both. When you go around the first one, you see the second one. No, you go the... Right. So then he sprinkles on the on the outer curtain. Right. Because he has to stand in the Kodesh. So he's going to be facing the outer one. He's going to be facing the outer one. So that's the... Um, that's the uh, the issue. So they had two curtains according to Chachamim in order to make up for that ama of space. Rabbi Yehuda says that the way that the, the question is how does the Kohen Gadol approach 
the uh, Kodesh HaKodeshim. And we remember that what you have in the Kodesh is three things. You have a Mizbeach, the altar's in the center, more or less. You have to your right, to the north, to your right is the Shulchan, the table, and to your left is the Menorah. So the question is, from what direction does he approach? So according to Rabbi Yehuda, he approaches it in between the Mizbeach and the Menorah, which means if you were standing facing the Kodesh HaKodeshim, that would be to your left, right? Which is to the south but not all the way to the south against the wall. In other words, you have Mizbeach, Menorah, and wall. So it wasn't between the Menorah and the wall, it was in the Mizbeach and the Menorah. So it's kind of like center-left was the approach that the Kohen Gadol would take. That's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir Omer ben HaShulchan the Mizbeach. He said, no, no, on the other side, center-right, in between the Shulchan and the Mizbeach, not all the way to the right side, meaning not all the way against the wall, but center-right, according to the, according to Rabbi Meir. And there's some that say between the Shulchan and the Kotel, which is all the way to the right. In other words, against the wall, basically, as far right as you could go, which is as far north as you could go. That's where the Kohen Gadol would approach from. So he would walk up there to the curtain and go through. Now, what's the, who is that Yesh Omrim? The Gemara is going to say, That was Rabbi Yossi, because Rabbi Yossi says that there's only one curtain. So how does he enter the Kodesh Kodeshim? He enters it from the north, because there's only one curtain, and the opening of the curtain is on the north side, which is to the right of a person facing the Kodesh Kodeshim. So that's why he goes to the right end of the, the wall, and he goes straight in. According to Rabbi Yossi, that's the way to go, right? That's, but Rabbi Yudama, but according to Rabbi Yudama, that there are two curtains, so the opening is actually on the south side, so what you do is you approach from the south, right? You enter curtain number one, you walk along, and then you enter curtain number two and you walk along, right? So because there are two, two entrances, basically. But he says that Rabbi Meir holds like Rabbi In other words, if he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, he should say that the person should go in between the Menorah and the uh, and the Mizbeach like Rabbi Yehuda. And if he holds like Rabbi Yossi, he should go like Rabbi Yossi, and uh, he should be going. Uh, uh, in other words, according to uh, according to um, Rabbi Yehuda, you go between you go on the south side between the Mizbech and Menorah. So if he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, he should do that, and if he holds like Rabbi Yossi, he should go all the way from you know he should go from the north side, right? Why is he saying middle north? Why why middle north? It doesn't make sense. Middle north. It makes it right. In other words, if there are two curtains, so you have to enter from the south side, go in, and then go to the north. Right, that would be the because what happens is when you come in, curtain the outer curtain is open on the south side, so you enter in, you walk along the inner curtain, and then the opening of that one is on the north side, so you walk into the Kodesh Kodeshi. Yeah. Okay, it's a zigzag. So if that's true, so then he should. So if Rabbi Meir holds that there are two curtains like Rabbi Yehuda, so then he should agree with Rabbi Yehuda that you walk in between the Menorah and the Mizbeach. That's the direction of the Kohen Gadol. If he holds like Rabbi Yossi that there's only one curtain, so there's just an opening on the north side. It goes straight in. There's no double curtain. So then why is he telling him to go to the uh, south side, all the way to the south side? So the answer. So I'm sorry. Uh, in between the. Uh, in between the uh, Shulchan and the, uh, uh, all the way, I mean halfway, why does he go halfway north? In between the Mizbech and the Shulchan, it doesn't make sense. So he says, uh, because really it should be, it should be direct according to uh, Rabbi Meir. He should agree with Rabbi Yossi. So it says, Le'olam Rabbi Yossi He obviously holds like Rabbi Yossi that there's only one curtain and therefore the entrance is on the north side, which is why you're going from the north. But, But the problem is that there are multiple shulchanot. Now we remember that in the, in the Bet HaMikdash, the re, first Bet HaMikdash, okay, you had multiple shulchanot Shlomo HaMelech made. 
right? There wasn't just one. And so therefore, since there were, there were 10, so there were, and they were lined up on the, uh, if they were lined up from east to west, so that would mean that they're along the length of the Kodesh. Okay? So if, the north side, right? Well, yeah. everyone agrees they have to be on the north half. The Shulchan has to be on the north half. The question is whether it's in front of and behind, meaning are they all in one line going straight, but it's in front of and behind, that would be east to west. Yes. Or is it next to it on either side? It's flanking it on either side, which would mean from north to south. Obviously, the total, all the Shulchanot are on the north half of the Kodesh. But the question is whether they're lined up to the right and the left of the uh, of the main Shulchan or the front and the back, so to speak, of the main Shulchan. If they're lined up front and back, so that will not block somebody who, if the, if the um, meaning if they're, if they're lined up, from uh, from north to south, that means that there's not much space to squeeze in. If the Kohen Gadol wants to go um, along the wall, there's not really going to be any space there to walk because the because you have the Shulchan and then you have other Shulchanot, five more Shulchanot to the right. So where's he going to squeeze in to go to go around that way? There's not going to be any space to go around that way, right? So if they're from west to east, so then he would be able to go, like Rabbi Yossi says, and just go along the north side of the wall and go straight into the Kodesh Goshim. But if the Shulchanot are from north to south, so that means that the five Shulchanot that are to the right of the main Shulchan are going to block you. You're not going to be able to get through uh, along the northern wall to go in. And so since Rabbi Meir says that that's how it was set up, that the Shulchanot extended to the right of the main Shulchan, so that means you're blocked on that side. There's no way to pass that way, so you can't go along the northern side. You have to go in between the Shulchanot and the Mizbech, there's some space there for the Kohen Gadol to walk. Vibay them alternatively. It could be that even Rabbi Meir agrees that the Shulchanot, the extra ten Shulchanot, were in front of and in back of the main, the main Shulchan. But, but he had a different issue. He said out of a certain sensitivity to the holiness of going into the Kodesh Kodashim, so he didn't want to walk directly in. Because the way that Rabbi Yossi has you going is the you know the curtain uh, you know <coughs> occupies the entire western wall there so what would happen is if you're walking along the northern wall you're walking right in it's like you're walking straight in. So Rabbi Meir says, no, the right way to go is you walk down the middle first and then you come around, then you enter. Not directly in is too presumptuous to do it like that. That's, what, that's the second interpretation of Rabbi Meir. It wasn't a practical issue that you're blocked on the right side. It's a sensitivity to Kedusha issue not to go directly in. Rabbi Yossi, then no, the Jewish people are very beloved to Hashem. They don't require a malach to intervene between them and Hashem. They're so special. And therefore, there's nothing wrong with the Kohen Gadol walking right in, marching right into the Kodesh HaKodeshim along the northern wall. So Rabbi Yehuda also, though, why does Rabbi Yehuda require the person to the Kohen Gadol to walk uh, to the in between the Mizbeach and the Menorah. Why not against the wall? Because again, the curtain extends along the entirety of the western wall. So you can, if you're entering from the south side, so walk along the southern wall and go right in, right to the first curtain, and then walk along and enter the second curtain. Uh, it's like the but, Mizbeach. We said, you know, because it goes in the middle, so it's more kavod. Well, that's the well. They're actually saying it's more kavod. To, the the answer, they were saying that it was more kavod actually to Hashem, meaning that you don't go straight in. You go roundabout. You, you you're showing. Like, 
hesitating a little bit that you're going into the Kodesh Kodeshi oh, in this case, yeah. But the question, but they didn't bring that idea for Rabbi Yehuda yet. So they're first asking why doesn't why don't you go that way? Because according to Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi, you walk right into the Kodesh Kodeshi. There's only one curtain. So if you walk along the northern wall, you're literally walking straight into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. There's no interruption at all. Rabbi Yossi says, that's good, that's okay, Hashem loves us, and that's wonderful. And Rabbi Meir says, ah, I'm not so sure, maybe you should go a little bit more roundabout than that, not go straight in. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, that there are two curtains, so anyway you're not going straight in, because you're going to enter on the south side, you're going to walk along the inner curtain, right? Imagine you walk into the curtain, it's going to explain later, that the, right, that the first curtain is open on the south side, it's like bundled up a little bit. So you walk in that side. It's like sometimes you go to these fancy things and they have like, you know, these fancy parties have those fancy curtains when you enter and one is like draped on one side. It's like sort of hooked. So you can walk in and then you walk along and then you walk into the other one. So that's what it was. You walked in one side. So you're not going directly. So why then, according to Rabbi Yehuda, do you have to walk in between the Mizbeach and the Minoah? You should just walk along the wall. You go right into the entrance of the southern opening. You're anyway going to have to walk northward to the other opening to get into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. It's indirect anyway. But the problem is, Rabbi Yehuda would say that Mishachrei Manei, that uh, the problem is that you'll get dirty because the soot from the um, from the menorah would go onto the wall, and there's not that much space in between the menorah and the wall. So what would happen is like the kohen gadol will end up rubbing up against the wall and getting like black on his clothes, and it won't look so nice uh, for him to go with the black uh, on his clothes if he if he ends up touching the wall there. So, uh, so therefore, he didn't walk against the wall. So that's a very practical reason not to walk against the wall. Put the further out so they just for one. They don't move things. It's not like uh, you know. It's not like having an interior decorator. It's, it stays. It doesn't move around. Now, I'm Rabbi Nadan. Rabbi Nadan said, they, "This one ama in between the kodesh and the kodesh kodeshim. They didn't decide. They didn't know for sure. They didn't have a, a definitive answer whether it was part of the kodesh or kodesh kodeshim. They didn't know, right? So." Um, so therefore, what? So they treat it as both. So matkivla, Ravina, Ravina, there is an objection. My time, what's the reasoning? Maybe you'll say it's because of the pasuk v'abayit the Shabana Melech Shilomo Lashem Shishim Amaurko. It's now this is talking about inside, right? It's not about the uh, about the courtyard. It's always when it talks about the bayit, it means the part that has a roof over it. We always remember the Bet Hamikdash, the outer area was called the chazer, the you know the courtyard. It doesn't have a roof over it. Right or the azara, it's called the courtyard, or the chazer, it's called in the mishkan outer area. Then you have the thing that's inside the hechal or the kodesh and the kodesh or kodeshim. There are different names for them sometimes, but basically the inner part. So the inner and part was sixty amot. Ulam huh? has, has cover too because it's really just the entrance to the. Yeah, it has a cover. The question was whether it's kedusha is the same as the kodesh or not. Right, so but it has it's under it's inside, yeah. So now it says shishim amat urkov esrim ochbo oshirwa komatots. It was sixty amot long, twenty amot wide, um, thirty amot high, and we mentioned the better megdash. The bait cheni was much taller than that. Uchtiv arba'im ba'amahaya bait huai So then it says that the um, that there were that forty amot was the house. This is the hechal inside. In other words, there are 40 amot that were called the Kodesh, basically. So out of the 60, 40 amot were the Kodesh. Uchtiv, and then it says, divir esrim ama orech, um, in front of the dvir, uh, and the, the Rashi interprets divir to mean in front of the curtain, right? Or the, in front of the partition, I mean, the door. Right, esrim amma orech, vesrim amma rochav, it was 20 by 20, vesrim amma komato, and it was 20 high. Okay, so the... Um, the thing is, so the first 40 amot for sure, that's called the Kodesh. And the next 20 amot are called the 
Kodesh Kodeshim. But the question is, what about that partition there, right? Which is called the Devir. So the question you're saying is whether that partition is included in the 20 inside. Like, like when you do architectural work, you can't just count the space inside. You have to count the walls also and the, you know, the thickness of the wall. So where does the wall count? Towards the 20 of the Kodesh or the 20 of the, or the 40 of the Kodesh? So it says, How do you know it's counted towards any? Maybe actually the total layout was 61. Because that Amma wasn't counted towards either one. How do you know it was counted? It's telling you 40 spaces the Kodesh, 20 spaces the Kodesh Kodeshim, and the walls extra. How do you know it's included? Maybe it's only counting the space. Not the walls. And actually, that makes more sense. Why? Because whenever they count the walls, they count them separately. And we'll see how, how that's true. Because it's not, we learned actually in the Mishnah Midot, when we learned this, we learned this Mishnah. Now this is talking about the second Beit HaMikdash. The Hechal was a hundred by a hundred Amot at the height of a hundred Amot. Right? So that, so that's talking about the, the structure of the, the whole thing. Kotel Ulam Chamesh. The outer wall of the antechamber, which is where you enter, in other words, the, where you would enter the, um, the, the building, the building part of the Beit HaMikdash, was five Amot thick. Va'ulam Achatisrei. The entranceway, meaning that ulam, that antechamber, is 11, right? Then you had a wall that enters into the Kodesh, six amot thick. And then 40 amot of, of Hechal itself, of the Kodesh itself. And then you have one amma, which is the partition between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodeshim. And then you have 20 amot, which is Kodesh Kodeshim. Then then you have another wall on the other side of the Kodesh Kodeshim, which is six amot thick. And you had six amot of Ta, which ties like the, like this, the area, like the chamber behind the chamber behind that's in the wall of the Beit HaMikdash on the other side, and then past that chamber is another wall, which is five amotek. Right, so what do you see from that? You see that whenever we count up the space, we count the space separately and the wall separately. So when we're talking about space, we're talking about 40 amot of space, and we're talking about 20 amot of space in the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodeshim. But when it counts the walls, it says, oh, this wall is five amot, this wall is one, um, six amot, this wall this. It's not talking about, um, it's not counting that as uh, part of the space of the Kodesh or the Kodesh Kodeshim. So that wall, that partition that separated the Kodesh from the Kodesh Kodeshim is not counted towards either of them. It's not counted towards either of them. Also, okay. Well, that's what they're talking about. Oh, okay. That's exactly what but they're what talking about. Well, it's a cell. That? It's an area. It's like a. It's like a little same chamber. Like a, a chamber. Is it, is it, a it was like a chamber. They could go in there. They would. They would use it for different functions. They would sit, store things there. Or that one amot makes exactly one hundred. Right. It makes a hundred amot. But the point is that they don't count the space and the walls on the same measurement. They're, when they're talking about the forty amot of the kodesh, they're talking about just the space. When they're talking about the 20 amot of the Kodesh, they're talking about just the space. So when they're talking about the walls, of, no, this is just the part that the Kohanim go in here. This is not the part that anyone else goes in. This is only the inner part that the Kohanim go. This is not, the courtyard is gigantic, it's outside. We're not talking about that part. All this is covered. This is the covered part that only the Kohanim ever go in here. And when, it's, they do, when they do it on Mizbech of Esh, it's going to be on That's outside. Mizbech of Esh is outside. Which That's what I'm saying. The main mizbeach is outside. Uh, the main mizbeach of the korbanot is outside. Only the ketorot and the menorah is inside, which is not as much fire. But no, the, everything that we're used to think of the korbanot is all outside. 
That's why I always mention the chatzer is outside. There's no roof. It's under the sky. Yeah. So the um, so and that was the big area that everyone would go to. But you, a regular person, could not go into the even past the mizbech, let alone uh, let, let alone into the kodesh or the kodesh kodeshim. So either way, the point is that the, definitely the forty and the twenty are not referring to walls. They're only referring to the space. So that can't be the issue. What the question is is The question is whether it's kedusha is like the 20 or the 40. Not whether it's included in the 20 or the 40, because the 20 and the 40 are independent of that space, but whether it is included Kiddushah-wise in Kodesh or Kodesh or Kodeshim. And this is like what Rabbi Yochanan said, that Yosef Ishotzal said, The Pasuk says that he made a, uh, a wall inside the house, inside this uh, enclosed area, that inside he would put the Aron. This is talking about Shlomo Melech. And the question is how to interpret, how to punctuate this pasuk, right? The question is, Ibailo, they asked, how does the pasuk mean? It's like, Udvir does it mean that, uh, that Shlomo Melech made the, uh, a wall, and in, yeah, this, this partition, and and inside that wall is where the space is that's the Kodesh HaKodeshim. Right, that's one way to read it. That what it means is, Meaning there was a wall, there was a partition there, and inside that is the Kodesh HaKodeshim where the Aron goes. Right, in other words, the Kama is after the, the wall. In other words, you're saying there was a wall there, and inside that is the Kodesh HaKodeshim. That's one way to say it. Or we could say, Or no, it means the wall is inside, which is the place where the Kodesh, which is defined as the Kodesh HaKodeshim. Meaning, that the partition itself is included in the Kiddushah of the Kodesh HaKodeshim. That's the issue. Um, that's the debate about how to interpret the Pasuk, whether to include that partition in the Kiddushah of the Kodesh HaKodeshim or in the Kiddushah of the Kodesh, right? It depends how you punctuate the Pasuk. Umi misafkale, is it really a doubt how to interpret the Pasuk? Vatani, we learned, Isi ben Yehuda Omer, chamesh Torah there's only five psukim in the Torah that we don't know how to punctuate them correctly. Meaning, we don't know whether the uh, whether words co- uh, follow the latter part of the pasuk or the uh, or, or prior part of the pasuk. One is se'et, and Rashi says se'et is um, talking about when Hashem says to to Cain, "Haloim hetetiv se'et." If you are good, se'et. If you are good, then uh, Hashem will forgive you. That's one way to interpret it, or it could be. Im lo, the, the, the whole pasuk is im tetiv seit vim lo tetiv la pedachadat ovets. Right. So the question is whether the word seit, whether it goes with im tetiv seit. If you are good, you will be forgiven. Or it is im tetiv seit vim lo tetiv that he's reading it. That it means that. Uh, that if you don't become better, Hashem is going to carry the sin, meaning He's going to punish you for the sin, right? Whether the se'et goes on the second part of the pasuk, meshukadim. The meshukadim is the other one when it talks about um, with regard to the menorah of the of the mishkan. It says, Does it, What is the meshukadim going on? That they were made meshukadim means it was made like uh, uh, with a certain design. That, uh, and, and so the question is whether that design that looks like, um, like, like, uh, buds of, uh, almond buds or whatever, right? Whether that's going on 
the when it says mishukadim, whether it's going on the gviim, the cups, because it says arba gviim mishukadim kaftoel fachia. Does it mean that that design applies to the cups gviim, or it applies to the second part kaftoel fachia, the the flowers and the knobs of the of the menorah? So the question of which part mishukadim goes on, or arur? I'm sorry, machar. Machar is the next one. Machar is Moshe Rabbeinu said um, to Yoshua, go fight Amalek, and he says machar. Tomorrow. So the question is, is the machar there? The whole pasuk is that he said, Right? Machar anuchin nitzav al Right? So the question is, What is the machar going on? Does he mean go fight Amalek tomorrow? Right? Machar anuchin nitzav al So is the machar going on the when you should start the fight? Or he's just saying, no, when I'm going to go stand on the mountain and hold up my hands. Meaning, what did he tell Yoshua, go start fighting today, and tomorrow I'm going to go stand on the mountain with my hands raised up. Or he said, no, 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 tomorrow start the fight with Amalek and I'm going to go put my hands up. The question is, which is the tomorrow going on? When to start the fight or when to start raising the hands? Could be that it was simultaneous, or like most people read it that way. Or it could be that there was one after the other. Aur, what's Aur? Aur is talking about... Um, when it, when Moshe, when uh, Yaakov was speaking to uh, Shimon and Levi, and he says Uvirtonam ikushor that they up they uh, they uprooted uh, the uh, the ox, uh, and it's talking about the um, it's talking about the people of Shechem, right? So the, and then it says Aru apam meaz kiaz, right? Aru apam kiaz. So it says their their anger is cursed. So uh, so the way that Rashi interprets it is the word Aru could mean. Arur apam, which is the way we normally read it, because in the psukim, the way that we have them divided up, the word arur is in the next pasuk, right? Meaning their anger is cursed. Arur apam kias. Or it could mean that they uprooted the ox of the cursed people, and it's referring to Shechem when it says the word cursed, right? Talking about the people that were, were cursed. The word arur could go either way. Or vikam. Vikam is a pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Jewish people at the end of his life. Right? When he said, um, I'm going to die, Vikam, Ha'am Azev, and then the people are going to worship other, worship other gods. So Vikam could mean, I'm going to die, Vikam, and one day I'm going to come back. It's referring to Tchiat Metim. Or it could be Vikam Ha'am Azev, which is the typical way of reading the Pasuk, that it means that this people is going to get up and uh, this nation is going to worship idolatry, and that's the word Vikam. So, but the point is that these five Psukim, we said, are ambiguous. They could have been punctuated differently than they are. Um, these five are the ones that he's saying are uh, are that way, and I think Tosafot says that there there could be other ones. That uh, why are these only? Aren't there other ones that we've seen that sometimes the Chazal uh, interpret them more than one way and say that the word could go on one thing or on the other thing? So why are these the only ones? But uh, we said in a brayta. Who Yosef Ishotal? Who Yosef Abavli? Who Isi ben Yehuda? Who Isi ben Gur Who Isi ben Gamliel? Who Isi ben Mahalalel? So these are the, all of the names of the same individual. But the point is that before we said that the question was, uh, that this question was raised um, regarding the, how to interpret this pasuk, how to uh, punctuate the pasuk by Yosef Ishotzal. And this statement, even though it says it was Isi ben Yehuda, it's really the same person. It's another name for the same person. Right? He must have been in witness protection program. <laughs> so he kept changing his name, right? Yeah, <laughs> if you die. So, but the point is, if that's true, he said there are only five sukim that are ambiguous. So, how can you say this pasuk is also uh, questionable? So, the answer is that the only case uh, he was talking about cases in the chumash. That doesn't mean there aren't also cases in the navi. 
Over the Oraita, Leka, is it true that there's no more in the Torah? What about Rav Chizda's famous question? Right, so the Pasuk actually says, I think it's the Pasuk, right? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah? So that, so that Pasuk, so one way of interpreting it, he, in, he inserts the words, He's saying that, right? So is it saying, so you could read the Pasuk in more than one way. You could say it means, that this is talking about after the, uh, at Mamad Har Sinai. Okay, that they brought korbanot. It says, So the question is, parim. The, when it says bulls, is that referring to both the olot and the shlamim that they brought, the burnt offerings and the peace offerings that they brought? So the word parim is going on everything? Or is it only going on the latter part of the pasuk? Because where, where at the end of the pasuk is where it appears. It says they brought shlamim, peace offerings, parim. Uh, Bulls. So the question is, does bulls go on everything or just on the latter part? So one possibility is it only goes on the latter part. That actually the burnt offerings they brought could be rams or sheep, right? But the burnt off, but the uh, peace offerings, those were bulls. Or maybe, or maybe the word parim goes on both. So you see again, that's the case where we don't know where to punctuate the pasuk. Does that last word refer back to every, is there like a comma before it and it really is meant to go back on everything? In the pasuk, and that all the korbanot they brought were bulls, or does it mean no that they were that whatever the olot were we don't know could be they were rams could be whatever only the peace offerings it's saying were bulls and and Rav Chista said we don't know so why doesn't Isi ben Yehuda mention that one so it says that case Rav Chista misafkalele Isi ben Yehuda pshitale we don't know what was pshitale but I'm saying that Rav Chista found this to be a doubt Isi ben Yehuda didn't think it was a doubt he thought it was obvious what the pasuk means it doesn't tell us what he thought the pasuk means but saying that he didn't think he didn't consider it a question so therefore he didn't have a problem with it and um, and he uh, he didn't list it as one of the questionable pasukim because he did not. Uh, find that to be a problem, okay? So um, I guess we could stop here since it's uh, just about 8 o'clock and we'll pick up here tomorrow.